Once again, it's time for And Now the Good News, a weekly exploration of the good news happening in the world. Hi, I'm your host, Reverend Robert Brzezinski, and each week I explore and share the stories of hope and love and inspiration that have caught my eye in the past week. We'll explore exactly how we can create a world that works better for everyone. So get ready, it's time. And now, the good news. And hello again, dear ones. Robert Brzezinski with you. Episode number 28 of And Now the Good News. That weekly look at the good news stories that remind me we are all creating a world that works better for everyone. And I want to share those stories with you. Now, back in September, we reported on a project by Save the Redwoods League. They had an opportunity to purchase a 530-acre piece of property that includes the world's fifth largest tree, stag tree. It also includes over 480 other six feet or diameter or larger trees. And this area is known as Alder Creek. A lot of money needed to be raised in a short amount of time. And the good news is we did it. Through a lot of little contributions and some large ones, people from all over the planet came together and contributed to Save the Redwoods League effort. And now they control that piece of property. Their management plan and what's going to happen will be released shortly. However, for now, that's the good news. We've saved the Redwoods and the Alder Creek property. Now, trees we know play an important part in creating oxygen, keeping the planet healthy. And there's places like cities where it's really hard to have enough trees to clean the air, especially if it's a polluted city. Well, London has created new artificial trees, and these trees absorb as much pollution as 275 regular trees would. Obviously, in the city, they don't have room to plant that many trees, so they've created this moss tower, and it really does clean the air. And what happens is the moss eats up particles in the nitrogen oxide, and then produces oxygen, just like a tree would do. Pretty cool stuff, London. I look forward to seeing how that evolves, and uh, if they continue to work, maybe we can implant, put these into other cities as well. Also, while we're on that side of the pond, Denmark, a group of researchers in Denmark, have produced a biofuel out of seaweed. They've got a lot of ocean, they got a lot of sun, that's all you need to grow a lot of seaweed or algae, which is another experiment in biofuels as well. Uh, the company's called Macrofuels, and they're working to develop a biofuel from seaweed. They've been able to power an automobile that achieves speeds of up to 50 miles an hour. Well, another story we're going to keep an eye on as we go. You know I love stories about renewable energy and alternative fuels. That's just one of them. And a big reason I'm so hip on renewables and alternative energies is the planet's necessity to move away from traditional or more traditional oil, gas, and nuclear energies. We all know what happened in Japan nine years ago. Fukushima Daiichi melted down. It's the worst nuclear disaster on the planet's history. And there is good that comes from it. Because recently, 
the uh, Fukushima prefect announced that they will be on they will be 100% renewable energy by 2040. Now, this is in alignment with Japan's desire and statements that they'll be 24% renewable energy by 2030 and then 10 years later Fukushima will be 100% is what they're saying and and Fukushima provides a lot of power for Japan. They've had to rebuild, obviously, over the last nine years, and they've invested heavily in renewables, including wind, solar, water, thermal, and even biofuels. And they are delivering up to about 18% of Japan's total energy consumption right now. Now, there's still a lot to be involved, a lot to be done, uh, but there's a lot of big names and big Japanese banks getting behind the projects that are going to move this forward. We have to remember, folks, even in the face of what appears to be a massive, massive uh, disaster and setback for life on planet Earth, uh, there is new growth and there is new hope that come. Sometimes it takes a decade to start seeing it. And we're starting to see it now in Fukushima, moving towards 100% renewable energy um, within the next 20 years. We're going to watch it happen in our lifetimes. We're also going to watch young people come along and clean up the mess that's been made on this planet over the last 20 years, in the next 20 years. And this next story is about a name that we might all know, Boyan Slat. Now, we've talked about him here on this program previously. He's developed vessels that are out there cleaning the ocean uh, his ocean cleanup vessels actually, they sit along the key ocean currents and just really allow the plastic and the garbage to float right into them. They pick them up and get them on shore and recycle them. Well, he's got a new initiative. He's looking to move, let's say, upstream and turn off the tap of where all that plastic gets into the ocean in the first place. And that's the river's. The machine is called the Interceptor. There's a cool video. I'll make sure you get uh, links to that. There's a cool video showing how it works. And why not catch the plastic before it gets to the ocean? Seems like a straightforward idea. Mr. Slat is making that happen. Uh, he's got two of them that are already working at its top. An Interceptor can remove 220,000 pounds of trash a day from a dirty river. So they're they're targeting the world's thousand dirtiest or most polluted rivers. And Mr. Slat hopes to have an interceptor in all of those thousand rivers by 2025. There's a way you can donate and a great video showing you how it all works. So again, I'll make sure I leave links in the show notes for you to follow those. In wrapping up today, you may have heard about a couple of great stories from NASA this past week. The first happened on January 6th. They announced that they have found a planetary system 100 years away. It's in the constellation Dorado, and there is an Earth-sized planet in uh, the habitable zone. And what's cool about this is NASA's got this new transitioning exoplanet survey satellite, TESS. TESS has a way of looking and finding planets, and it's expected that TESS is going to be finding a lot of planets uh, or many, many more in the future in uh, distant and not so distant 
star systems. Again, this star is only 100 light years away. Now, that story was sort of eclipsed, I love the pun, the next day by an even bigger story when a high school student, 17-year-old Wolf Kukir, I hope I'm saying that properly, from Scarsdale, New York, is on an internship with NASA and he was over this past summer and he was looking at data that was collected around a binary star that's more like 1300 light years away and he found a planet at first he didn't think it was a planet it was but then they confirmed and it's a planet he is authoring a paper with two other academic folks there and they're going to send that off, get that published, and the young man's discovered a planet. And, uh, and he has stated to ABC News that he's going to go hunting for more planets. He's got the bug, and we'll be finding, I trust, even more. NASA says that as tests, uh, as we really learn how to use tests, there are going to be more and more uh, planets discovered. And again, it's likely that more and more interns will be the ones to discover them as they as they evaluate the data that's coming in. So good job, Wolf. Congratulations on discovering your own planet. All righty. That's all I've got this week, folks. I know it's going to be a fabulous week. I look forward to the stories that are going to come across my desk and that I'll get to share with you next time. Until next time, peace and blessings. You've been listening to And Now the Good News, a part of the New Thought Media Network, available exclusively at New Thought Radio. Join us, patreon.com forward slash New Thought Radio. Positively inspiring.